Today's episode of A New Beginning is brought to you by Harvest Partners, helping people everywhere know God. Learn more at harvest.org. And while you're there, browse our library of free ebooks designed to help you grow in your faith. If any man is in Christ, he has a new nature, but the old one sometimes tries to rear its ugly head. Pastor Greg Laurie provides some help today. So you have two natures that are constantly fighting. The new nature, the old nature. The new man, the old man. Don't let the old man in. And every day I have choices. I can either sow to the Spirit, as the Bible says, and reap life everlasting, or I can sow to the flesh, and I can reap corruption. Don't let the old man in. This is the day when the lost are found. who've had heart surgery often talk of feeling younger and more energetic after the surgery. Their blood flows better, more oxygen to their system. They feel brand new. Well, spiritually speaking, we get a new heart when we come to the Lord. We're new creatures in Christ. The old man is dead. But today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie says sometimes that old man tries to come back to life. Paul addressed that very issue in the book of Romans. And that's our subject for today. Today I want to talk to you about not letting the old man in. But actually I'm not speaking about age. I'm talking about that sinful nature that we all have. And that's what Paul is talking about here in Romans 6. In fact he calls that nature the old man. So let's read Romans 6 verses 6 to 11. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, for he who has died has been freed from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him, for the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise you also reckon yourselves to be dead to sin but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Okay, if you're taking notes, here's point number one. The Christian no longer has to be under the power of sin. Let me say that again. The Christian no longer has to be under the power of sin. Verse seven, for he who has died has been freed from sin. Now look, before you were a Christian, you really had no ability to resist sin. In fact, the Bible even tells us that before we are believers in Jesus, we are held by the power of the devil. Second Timothy 2.28 says, we should pray that non-believers come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap, for they've been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. But this is no longer true. Point number two, you're no longer a slave. So stop acting like one. Uh, Verse six, knowing that our old man was crucified with him that the body of sin might be done away with, we should no longer be slaves to sin. The power of sin is broken in your life so you can start living like a free person. Now listen, Jesus paid the penalty for your sin. He freed you from the power of sin. 
And soon in heaven, he's going to remove you from the presence of sin. Now most believers know he took our penalty when he died in our place, but they fail to realize that he also frees us from the power of sin, not just from the guilt, but the grip of sin. But the devil whispers in your ear, you'll never change. You'll always be this way. I'll always have a hold of you. And we can just say to the devil, you're a liar and you're the father of lies. But you know, it's amazing how what you say to someone can influence them. I don't know what kind of parents you had, but uh, some parents are not very encouraging to their children. Now, I've always been a fan of Johnny Cash, and as I've explored his life, it's a pretty amazing life that he lived. Uh, his family came from the same part of Arkansas that my family came from. And, uh, and when Johnny was a young man, he had an older brother named Jack. And they were working together and, and Jack was killed in a horrible accident. And Johnny was fishing that day in particular and felt very bad about that. He felt like he should have been there to help his brother who he really looked up to. And his brother Jack was a very strong believer. He, though he was very young, he carried his Bible around and quoted scriptures all the time and, and kind of kept Johnny on the straight and narrow. And Jack wanted to go up to be a preacher one day. So when he was killed in this horrible accident, the father of Johnny Cash said to him, God took the wrong son. And that bothered Johnny for the rest of his life. Well into his adult years, despite his massive success, he always remembered those words of his father, God took the wrong son. And sometimes parents will say things to us that are, well, they, they're disillusioning. They're, they're hurtful and they're painful. And that's why we need to think about what we say to our kids. Because the Bible says train up a child in the way that they should go. It doesn't say knock them down or tear them down. But uh, there are those words or maybe from some teacher or someone who said you'll never amount to anything. You're going to be a failure. Your life is a mess. You're a mistake. No. Listen to what God says. Not to what the devil says. Don't listen to all those negative voices speaking to you. Because God has something different to say to each of you. And so you can say to all those other voices, I'm no longer a slave to sin. I am a child of God. Heard the story of a young lady that had some chickens. And she noticed one day that one of her chickens was walking rather strangely. Sort of had his foot and touch one foot down and pull it back up. Touch it down, pull it back up. And she thought, what is wrong with this chicken? So she caught him. By the way, it's not easy to catch a chicken. And she looked and noticed that one of her hair ties had fallen into the chicken coop. You know those little scrunchy things that girls wear? Some guys too, I suppose. I wouldn't know. Um, so the little scrunchy or the little hair tie, it got caught around the chicken leg, so it was pulling his foot up. So she reached down, took the hair tie off the chicken, put him back on the ground, and guess what he did? He kept walking like this. Because he had gotten so used to walking that way because of the little hair tie, he didn't realize he didn't have to be that way any longer. So they killed him and ate him. But still, no. <laughs> I don't think that happened. Well, maybe it did eventually. I don't know. But that's like us. You know, Christ has freed us from the power of sin, but we're still walking around. Well, I don't know. I, I don't think I can resist this. Well, of course you can. Point number three. You need to start living like you are free if you feel it or not. Start living like you are free from sin's power if you feel it or not. It would be like living like a homeless person when you have a beautiful home. 
or living like a person on the street begging for food when in fact you have plenty of money in the bank and food in your refrigerator. So here's what we need to do. We need to count this as true or believe the promises of God. Look at verse 11. Likewise reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Reckon. Now we don't. You know, what does that even mean reckon? It's not a word we use that often. You see it in old westerns. You know the cowboy say I reckon I'm going to fill you with lead boy or something like that. It generally means reckon. I, I think so. I reckon. <laughs> but that's not what it means in the Bible. The word reckon means count as true. Count as true. It simply means believe what God has said. Claim the promise that God has given. God says you're no longer a slave to sin. Bringing me to point number four. We need to yield ourselves to God. We need to yield ourselves to God. Verse 13. Don't let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God, for you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. God has given to you your body. People will sometimes say, it's my body, and I have my rights. No, it's actually not your body. God gave you that body. The Bible says you're not your own. You've been bought with a price. Therefore glorify God with your body. You need to present your mind to Him. Present your hands to Him. Your feet to Him. Everything to Him. It belongs to Him. Anthony Bourdain uh, had a TV show on CNN called Parts Unknown. He'd travel around the world and uh, try unusual foods and have conversations with people and often ask them the question, what makes you happy? Bourdain was quoted to say, quote, your body is not a temple, it's an amusement park, so enjoy the ride, end quote. Oh, really? Well, he didn't seem to enjoy the ride all that much because sadly, Anthony Bourdain committed suicide. No, your body is not an amusement park. Your body is the temple of God. And we need to think about what we do with this body that God has given to us. You know, the Bible tells of people who yielded their bodies to God. God used the rod in the hand of Moses to conquer Egypt. He used the sling in the hand of David to defeat Goliath and ultimately the Philistines. He used the words of the prophets and the apostles to change the world. So you can give your body to God. And you can also give your body to evil. David's eyes looked on a woman lustfully. Plotting a wicked plan, his hands signed an order condemning an innocent man to death. And that is why we need to present our whole body to God. Pastor Greg Laurie will have the second half of his message in just a moment. It's a joy to hear when these studies have truly impacted lives. Listen to these comments from one of our listeners. Hi, Pastor Greg. I wanted to tell you that after reading your Tell Someone book, my husband and I started a new ministry called The Good News Barbecue. We live in Ohio and have been doing a free Good News Barbecue and telling people about Jesus, and it's because of you. We've been making a difference in people's lives and seeing God working and changing hearts. I just want to say thank you so much. You put fire in my heart 
and we have been on fire for Jesus because of you. Thank you. If you've had your life changed because of the ministry of Harvest, would you let Pastor Greg know? Just drop him an email, greg at harvest.org. Again, that's greg at harvest.org. And now Pastor Greg continues this practical message from the book of Romans called, Don't Let the Old Man In. Point number five, where you turn your head, your body will follow. Where you turn your head, your body will follow. In the cinematic masterpiece, Kung Fu Panda 3, (laughs) the statement is made, before the battle of the fist comes the battle of the mind. Very true. So, you know, we talk about this battle that we're in. It starts right here. This is command central. Listen, you are the air traffic controller of your mind. You know, an air traffic controller decides what plane flies where, at what altitude, when they're gonna land, what they're gonna do. And and you decide what thoughts are gonna come into your mind. And so wherever you look, that's where your body will go. I know when I ride my motorcycle, which is not very often these days, but when I make a turn, I look and I turn into it. I don't lean this way and look that way. No, I'm looking at where I'm going. And so the way you're looking and the way you're thinking will determine the way that you will be living. And so we have to start with the thoughts that come into our minds and be very careful about what we let in. It's been said, you can't stop a bird from flying over your head, but you can stop him from building a nest in your hair. And in my case, he would have to bring his own materials. (laughs) In other words, I can't stop whatever random, evil, strange thoughts come knocking on the door of my imagination, but I don't have to invite them in for lunch now, do I? I can say, I reject that thought. No, I'm not letting that thought in either. Nope, not that one. Oh, this thought, this thought is good. This thought's coming in. I I love what Paul writes in Philippians chapter four. He says, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are noble, whatsoever things are just and pure and of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, think on these things, or literally meditate on these things. Another translation puts it this way. Summing it up, I would say you'll do your best by filling your minds, by meditating on things that are true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse. So when that thought comes to you in church or at three o'clock in the morning, Those thoughts of terror, those terrors by night, those fears that grip you. You just run it through the grid. Oh wait, this is not from God. This isn't true. This isn't helpful. This isn't inspiring. I reject this thought and I'm gonna replace it with another thought because I've taken the time to memorize scripture. And that's how you win the battle of the mind that rages on every single day. Ask yourself the question, this thought that wants in right now, is it true, is it helpful, is it pure, is it lovely, is it ugly, is it the worst, and you don't want that thought in there. And the devil will say, you're gonna fail. God doesn't even love you. Life is over for you. And you say to him, it's not true, because God is for me. Here's Romans 8, 31. If God is for us, who can be against us? Since he did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us? 
whom God has chosen for His own. No one for God Himself has given us right standing with Himself. Who then will condemn us? Answer, no one. For as Christ died for us and was raised for us, He's sitting at the place of honor at God's right hand pleading for us. God has you covered, my friend. Don't listen to the lies of the devil that says it's over. God is working in your life. And as we'll learn later in Romans, He'll cause all things to work together for good to those who love Him and are the called according to His purpose. Let's stand on what God says about us instead of what the devil says about us. Let's pray for a moment. Father, You've given us Your Word. And I pray for any person here that has come with a burden, who's discouraged, who's had people just tear them down and tell them they'll always be a failure and they'll never amount to anything. Lord, help them to realize that if they put their trust in You, they are now a child of God. And You have a plan for them. You have a purpose for them. And as we just read here in Scripture, You're interceding for them. You're pleading for us. And for this we are thankful, Lord. And so we want to remember this and let this be sealed deeply in our hearts and minds. And we pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Don't let the old man in. <laughs> Easier said than done. But recognize you're not a slave to sin anymore. Start living like a child of God. Heard a story about an old man who had two dogs who were constantly fighting. And the old man said, I determine which dog will win. His friend said, how do you determine that? He said, the one I feed the most. So you have two natures that are constantly fighting. The new nature, the old nature. The new man, the old man. Don't let the old man in. Feed the new nature. You know, the best thing you can do is walk forward. The best way to not go backwards is to go forwards. The best defense is a good offense. The Bible says, walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And every day I have choices. I can either sow to the Spirit, as the Bible says, and reap life everlasting, or I can sow to the flesh and I can reap corruption. Don't let the old man in. Listen, everything we've said today is for the Christian only. You know, the non-believer can't live this way. As I mentioned earlier, the non-believer, they're, they're held by the power of the devil. It's a funny thing, before we're Christians, we're reluctant to believe because we think we have to give up our will to God and we think, I'm in control of my life and I don't know if I want God in control of my life now. A newsflash, you're not in control of your life if you're not a Christian. The devil has control of your life and the greatest manipulation of all is you don't even know it. You think you're in charge? You think you're the boss of you? He's the boss of you. The Bible says we've been taken captive by the devil to do his will. But Christ breaks that out. He breaks us free from that. And we have true ability now to choose and to walk with God. And we want you to know that. Maybe you've come here today under the power of sin. Or some addiction has a stranglehold on you and you've tried to break free from it and you've failed over and over. Or maybe you come here with some other problem, some repercussions for sins you've committed, bad decisions you've made and you don't know how to handle it. Or maybe you come here today with just a big old hole in your heart. I think of those words again of Anthony Bourdain when he said our, our body is an amusement park and we should enjoy ourselves. 
Well, apparently it wasn't that enjoyable for him. And maybe you have an emptiness in you and you've even contemplated suicide. You've thought, I don't know of any other way out. Listen, you need Jesus. It's not about the way out. It's about letting Jesus in, into your heart. And he'll forgive you of all of your sin and give you a fresh start. This is what it means when the Bible says, being born again. Jesus said, you must be born again. By the way, he said that to a religious guy named Nicodemus. This is a guy who was very wise, knew the scriptures. Jesus said, you need to be born again. Nicodemus said, are you saying I need to go back into my mother's womb and be born all over again? Jesus is thinking, I seriously? Uh, no. A better translation of born again would be born from above. You need a spiritual rebirth just as you were born physically. You need to be born from above, born spiritually, born again. Sometimes people say, well, you know what? Uh, I'm a Christian. I'm just not one of those born agains. Hey, newsflash. You can't be a Christian without being born again. Are you born again? Is Christ living inside of you? Do you have the confidence that when you die you will go to heaven? In a moment we're going to close in prayer and I'm going to extend an invitation to anyone with us today wherever you are. This is your opportunity to get right with God. Your opportunity to ask Jesus Christ to come into your life. And if you've not done that yet, you can do it right here, right now. Let's all bow our heads for a word of prayer. Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit will speak to every person here, every person watching, listening, wherever they are. Help them to see their need for you. Help them to see their only hope is Jesus. And help them to believe, we pray. Amen. An important prayer from Pastor Greg Laurie. And if you'd like to make a change in your relationship with the Lord, Pastor Greg will come back to help you in a moment before today's edition of A New Beginning concludes. Well, we're so pleased to be able to make available the DVD of the new movie, Jesus Revolution. So many folks have asked about that. And Pastor Greg, I saw a comment on social media I wanted to read to you. Okay. This person says, okay, so this guy came to our church. Second time here, friend led him to the Lord. When the guy was asked how he ended up at our church, he said, I watched the Jesus Revolution preview. <laughs> she says, he just watched the preview and he came to church and mm. got saved. That sort of speaks to how extraordinary this movie is. And then I saw another Instagram post not long after, and the person said, I'm waiting for it to come out on DVD. I will watch it until I'm sick of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that person's day is finally here, is it not? <laughs> yes. Watch it till you're sick of it. That's a great way to promote it. Um, I would encourage you to get other people to watch it with you. You know, when I watch this movie with other people, it's a whole different experience. You know, I know when they're going to laugh. I know when they might tear up a little bit. I know what the most powerful scenes of the film are, having seen it many times. You know, I was there... Well, first of all, I live my life. Okay, so that yeah. was that. Then John Irwin, the director and who also wrote the screenplay, sent me the first draft of the script. Then I watched them film it, and then I watched them edit it and score it, that is, add music. 
and then edit it some more and some more. And then finally the version. And I've seen it with many, many people, many audiences. And it's just really exciting to watch people watch it. That's my joy now, watching people watch it and seeing how it impacts them. We're so thrilled with this beautiful film that God has given to us. I could have never done this on my own. You know, people have said, Greg, why did you make a film about yourself? Well, actually, I didn't. Uh, John Irwin came to me with this idea of wanting to make a movie about the Jesus movement. And he had a copy of that Time magazine with the psychedelic image of Jesus on the cover with the words Jesus Revolution on it. He said, I want to make a movie about this. And I said, great. I told him everything I knew, everything I experienced. And then I was really surprised when he came to me with the first draft of the screenplay. And he had woven my life, my wife, Kathy, her life the life of Pastor Chuck Smith, Lonnie Frisbee, and others into this narrative. I didn't say, make it about me. I just said, let me help you with things I know from that time. But this is the way he envisioned it. So I'm honored, humbled by the fact that my story can inspire other people. But um, we want you to get a copy for yourself, and it's available now on DVD. Now, I know it's out there on streaming platforms, and maybe you've already watched it. But listen, I'll send you this DVD for your gift of any size. And there's some extras here. Bonus content is on this DVD, including a special message I shot on the beach as the sun was setting here in Southern California. I pick up where the movie leaves off and I share the gospel, tell a person how to come to Christ and even pray a prayer that they can pray. So you can order our special edition of the Jesus Revolution film with all of this extra content, and I'll send it to you for your gift of any size. Now, listen, we have to pay more for this resource than we normally pay. So I'm going to ask our listeners to be extra generous when they order their copy of Jesus Revolution. And you can show it again and again and again. And I know it will be a blessing to you and even a tool That may bring people you know to Christ. Yeah, that's right. So let us send you a copy of Jesus Revolution on DVD, and we'll also include a free streaming code. Get in touch with us today by calling 1-800-821-3300. That's a 24-7 phone number, 1-800-821-3300. Or go online to harvest.org. Well, Pastor Greg, I know there are some in our audience who felt God speaking to them today through your message, and they want to make a change in their relationship with the Lord. Could you help them with that? Yeah, you know, Dave, the Bible says whoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. So I want to lead you in a prayer where you will be doing just that, calling on the name of the Lord. So listen, if you want your sin forgiven, if you want to know that when you die, you will go to heaven. If you want Jesus Christ to come into your life and take away your guilt and your shame, then just stop what you're doing and pray this prayer with me right now. Pray this after me if you would. Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner. I have broken your commandments. I have fallen short of your standards. But 2,000 years ago, you died on that cross for me. Then you rose again from the dead. So Jesus, come into my life and be my Savior, and my Lord, and my God, and my friend. I choose to follow you from this moment forward. Thank you for calling me, and accepting me, and forgiving me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. 
And listen, if you have just prayed those words with Pastor Greg and meant them sincerely, the Lord has heard you and forgiven you of your sin. And we want to welcome you into the family of God. And we'd like to send some resource materials your way to help you as you begin to live a life of faith. Let us send you our New Believers Growth Packet. Call us anytime at 1-800-821-3300. Again, that's 1-800-821-3300. Or go online to harvest.org and click Know God. Well, next time, as Pastor Gray continues his series called Relentless Grace, we'll see how God's grace is evident in how He gives us the power to overcome sin. Join us here on A New Beginning with pastor and Bible teacher, Greg Laurie. The preceding podcast was made possible by Harvest Partners, helping people everywhere know God. Learn how to become a Harvest Partner, sign up for daily devotions, and find resources to help you grow in your faith at harvest.org.